you've got a mentor that's you know smart and good at teaching but is not so nice to other staff then it's probably not who you want as your mentor either so it's good to get a vibe off everybody else Welcome back to That Vet Life, a podcast for veterinary mentors and mentees. My name is Dr. Mariah McCauley, and this week I am talking with Dr. Melody Winterhalter. A 2019 graduate of the Royal Veterinary College in London, Melody has spent her time since graduation working in small animal general practice in Australia. In today's episode, we chat about what she was looking for in her first job and mentorship after graduation. She shares how her practice displayed a culture of mentorship and how this influenced her decision when choosing her first job. If you are a new grad looking for your first job, this is an episode for you. So let's dive right in. All right. So Melody, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I am pretty excited about this and I don't know. In a way, it kind of feels like I'm speaking or seeing my long lost pen pal in person for the first time in a very long time, just because we got to know each other on Instagram and followed each other's trail from vet school to working life and uh, chatted back and forth that way. But now we're actually like doing an actual video chat and this is really fun. So we're going to talk a lot about mentorship here today. And Melody's going to take us through her mentorship story from graduating from RVC back in 2019 and now working as a full-fledged veterinarian um, over in Australia. So Melody, I'll hand it over to you and let's just dive right into it. So you graduated 2019. What were you looking for in your first job and also in your first mentor? Yeah. So I guess I had like, I'm a very checklist kind of gal. So I had a little checklist of things I wanted, which is always good to have. I always tell people like, make lists of things that you'd like in your first job. But I guess, yeah, mentorship was a massive one because I searched for jobs a little bit later because I took some time off. I took about four or five months off between graduating and uni. So I had some great stories from my friends and I had some horror stories from my friends who like didn't have any mentors. So I knew that mentorship was extremely important. So that was a huge one, as well as I wanted to be smallies only. I was kind of done with large animals by the time I graduated. And um, I didn't want after hours (laughs) because I'm a person who needs my sleep. So um, those were kind of my checklist things. So that was, yeah, that was what I was looking for in a first job. But as far as mentorship goes, I just kind of wanted somebody to be there kind of not all the time, but be available by text or in person all the time in case I needed help, as you often do as a new guy. I'm sure you know also. There's always lots of questions. So yeah, so I found a job that had a dedicated mentor, which was great because there were definitely some jobs that I looked into or interviewed for that didn't have that person that was dedicated to mentorship. And I met her and I really vibed with her. And so I was like, oh, this yeah, seems like a good job. And here I am three years later in the same job with, uh, with the same mentors. So <laughs> there you go. That's always a really good sign when you're still in the same job with the yeah. same mentor and loving what you're doing. And I'm kind of curious, when you did that interview with them and you spent time in the clinic, did you get this feeling that mentorship wasn't just the relationship side of like, here's your assigned mentor? But did you feel like the clinic as a whole had mentorship as their culture? And how did you know that that was part of their culture? Yeah. So I guess it was, it was, um, it was such a big clinic. Like it's even bigger now. We've got like 17 vets or something ridiculous. Oh my. 
I know we've got we've got a staff of like over 50. It's pretty crazy. We keep growing, which is great. But like even back then, like I think it was like six or seven vets on. And so, and everybody was just so lovely. And like when I spent the day there, like, you know, I spent time with one of the vets in surgery and she was explaining, um, she just graduated the year before me and she was explaining what she was doing and everything. And so it was kind of like obvious, like even if it was subconscious that everybody was very into like teaching other people and helping other people. And I kind of got that vibe as well as meeting my mentor who has like 30 years of experience. And, you know, there wasn't like a dedicated program per se or anything, but she was just like answering all my questions that I had and just very friendly. And, you know, like you don't feel like you're, you know, when you ask too many questions, you feel like you're bothering somebody because you've asked too many questions and there wasn't that feeling with her or anybody in the clinic. So that was kind of the vibe I got. And, you know, it was accurate, which was great. But yeah, you could tell that everybody was just so keen on kind of passing on their knowledge and helping others, which was great. That's huge when you can step into a clinic and it's not just the person who's supposed to be your mentor, but when you go and talk to the nurses, you get the sense that they're open and willing and excited to teach you and open to what you can teach them. So it's this mosaic type of mentorship is a good way to describe it. That's a really good way. Yeah. And so I'm curious, had your mentor mentored other new grads before you came in? Yeah, she definitely had. So the one that I was talking about before who I did a bit of surgery with on my like trial day per se, she was part of the mentorship program for me, as was another vet who was there at the time. And yeah, she'd been at the clinic actually. So the my mentor had been at the clinic before it was owned by the new owners. So like years, like she basically had been there for most of her career. So all the new grads that came through and everything, she basically mentored them later down her career. So she'd had a lot of mentoring experience, which was awesome. And she's just that like easygoing, fabulous person. That's like the perfect mentor basically. So yes, I'm sure it's um all her years of skills and everything have just come together to make the perfect mentor. <laughs> No, that is so cool. And did you get to talk to those previous new grads to get a sense of what her mentorship style was like? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So um, it's a, that trial day was really good because I just spent half a day there just basically just chatting to people and getting a vibe with the place. And yeah, I don't know if you also had a trial day, but they're so important to have. Cause you can never tell from an interview, can you? Like You can tell a little bit, but you can't tell what the workplace is going to be like too much. So yeah, that trial day was really just talking to yeah to the new grads, other vets, and also the nurses and the receptionists and everybody because everybody's such a close knit team. So you know if you've got a mentor that's you know smart and good at teaching, but is you know not so nice to other staff, then it's probably not who you want as your mentor either. So it's good to get a vibe off everybody else. Absolutely, like take that time to ask the receptionists, ask the assistants, the people that normally like maybe you wouldn't think to ask, but they're the ones who are going to tell you the dirt, honestly. Oh, and this is the time in that trial day. Oh, yeah. And like, uh, that Reese, we actually have a, a new grad that's coming potentially to our practice. And, I, and she was like, can I ask you questions? And I was like, yep, I'll sit you down. I'll tell you all the dirty little secrets <laughs> about yeah. our practice, just because I don't want anyone coming in with a false sense of pretense. Like, I, I kind of want to air the dirty laundry in a way. Absolutely. Not to like... Yeah, like there's an appropriate way of doing that. But and like for me, I didn't just have a trial day. I actually took like two weeks that I was lucky enough to be staying with family nearby so I could physically do this. And by the end of two weeks, I will tell you the candy coating is worn way off 
there was nothing this practice was going to hide from me by the end Absolutely. of it. But taking the time to ask the receptionists how they feel they're treated, the assistants, the nurses, um, see how everybody interacts. And when you're given the opportunity to try something like pull blood or place a catheter to see how they interact with you and how they are modifying to your learning style and you to theirs. That will give you a really good sense as to, A, do you fit into the culture of this practice? Because you could be the best veterinary student or a new grad on the face of the planet, but if you don't actually fit what this culture stands for, it's not going to be the right place for you. And that is okay. And taking the time in these trial days, or if you're lucky enough, weeks, to really kind of wear away at that candy coating, figure out who this practice is beneath all the the glitter and sparkles, that's going to tell you whether or not you have longevity in this practice. And for you, it sounds like you got that sense right off the bat. You spent your time there and you're like, this is the place that I want to be in. This is the place I want to grow. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, when you were sitting down and talking with your mentor about how you wanted to grow, how you wanted to develop in that first year in practice, like what did that conversation look like? Yeah. So I guess we set a plan, like kind of my goals. And once again, I love a checklist. So I wrote down a little list of like, I guess you've got two, well, you've got two, three, four parts. You've got lots of parts to veterinary medicine, but I guess you've got medicine and surgery for the overarching kind of thing. And then you've got things like communication skills and stuff that just come naturally as you go. But, you know, I said, you know, I want to work on my medicine cases and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I want to see these kinds of things, et cetera, et cetera. I guess when you're a new grad, you just want to get better at everything, which is fair. So I just wanted to get into consults and just, you know, get my hands dirty and then I did have like kind of a surgery list that grew as I went. So it started off being like, I want to be confident with spays because, you know, spays are probably one of the hardest routine surgeries we do. Mm-hmm. And I want to, you yeah. know, I want to do this many things and I want to do ultrasounds. And we kind of put that list together and it's still sitting like next to her little wall there. And I can just tick it off as I go along. And yeah, and we just have kind of fortnightly check-ins just to see if I had any questions or difficult cases that I wanted to discuss basically, or, you know, difficult conversations, difficult owners, anything difficult basically. And we set that up when we first met, we said, you know, how many times do you, she asked me, how many times do you want to meet? You know, like it could have been twice a week. It could have been weekly. It could have been monthly. Um, And she kind of left that up to me to see what I was comfortable with. And that works. And yeah, it's still, still working now. We have our occasional catch-ups every now and then. So still good. Yeah. Now, before we get on with the episode, a quick word from today's show sponsor. Introducing the Vet Career Concierge Service. It's an easy way to find your dream job and it's a brilliantly simple concept. Instead of wasting time searching through thousands of practice jobs that might be a good fit but frequently aren't, let the Vet Career Concierge do the hard work. All you have to do is register, tell us all about your skills and what you're looking for from your next practice, then your Career Concierge goes to work filtering, matching and approaching only practices who are a good fit. If you like the sound of a practice and you want to meet, your concierge will coach you through the interview process, help with negotiations and work to ensure you have a smooth transition into practice when you accept a role. They'll even stay in touch with scheduled career check-ins to make sure you're happy. The service is open to vets and vet nurses with at least one year in practice and legally able to work in the US, Canada, UK, EU or Australia. To register, visit vetxinternational.com forward slash jobs and all registrants will be entered into a prize draw where you could win 
an Apple Watch, Magnum of Champagne, or one of several Amazon gift cards. Registration and membership is free for vets and nurses, so head to vetxinternational.com forward slash jobs to sign up today. Now back to the show. And so it sounds like over the first like six months to a year, you probably had like more meetings and more uh, check-ins just to be like, how are you going? So that she could look over your case write-ups, make sure you're doing them correctly and um, fully to your ability. And now that you are like three, four years out, those check-ins are obviously much more fluid. Um, They're not necessarily a how well do you feel like you did on that procedure type of thing, but just like, how are you doing in general? And more of like a colleague type of chat. But I think there's so much value in just saying like, okay, sure, I'll have this assigned mentor for this first year, but what do we want this first year to look like? How are we going to check in to make sure we're actually achieving these goals? And you obviously set this awesome list of like your surgery versus medicine versus like all of the little bits and pieces that go into it. So how did you know what it was that you need? Because I feel like this is where new grads get really nervous when they think about these questions because they don't know what they actually need. So how did you figure out what it is that you needed in this relationship? So I guess like, do you mean like what you needed in terms of the mentor-mentee relationship or what we needed to? Yeah. It's so dependent on the person, I guess. Like I am a person who likes to have like a lot of support and I knew that like throughout uni and everything. Like I'm like, if you like to chat to your friends about how you're going and you like to kind of check in on them and not compare yourselves to them, but you know, compare your progress of each other and just check in. I feel like you're going to be the type of person who likes to do that in your career also because it's going to follow. Whereas if you're more of an independent person, perhaps you'd like a little bit less checking in and things like that. So I knew kind of straight off the bat that I wanted a very hands-on, very involved approach essentially to mentorship where I was like, okay, you're always there. I can ask questions. I am not the most independent person. So it was nice to have that. But as far as other things, like I think I just figured it out as I went along. Like it's trial and error. Like you figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you with it's kind of like doing a medicine case. Like you do one thing, you treat a certain thing with a certain antibiotic and you say, okay, that one didn't get treated as well as this antibiotic. So next time I'll use that one. It's kind of the same with that mentorship thing. Like, you know, I tried to do weekly catch-ups and I said, okay, that's probably a bit too much because I have nothing to talk about at the end of the week because not that much happened. So I changed it to fortnightly and all that. So it was just kind of a trial by error situation. But you kind of have to go in flexible, I think, as a new grad. You kind of have to be like, okay, I don't know what I want 100%, but like I'll figure it out. I just know that I want somebody there to mentor me. Does that make sense? No, that makes complete sense. And kind of going into it saying, all right, we're probably going to change what we set out to do here at the start. But I think as a new grad, if your mentor is asking the questions of how often do you want to meet, I think it's really good, at least in those first two or three months, to really set like a weekly meeting, whether that's just 30 minutes or 15 minutes, just set aside to kind of check in, see how things are going, maybe only talk about one case because that's all the time you have. And then at the end of that two or three months, then maybe you can move to every other week, just as you're saying, or maybe once a month. Like It really depends on you and your own progression, but then also just making sure that even if you do feel like you're a pretty independent person, kind of pushing yourself to say, all right, let's start by meeting more often than I think I need because it's better to have too many meetings and then say, actually, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. Give that hour back 
Absolutely. Um, to that person than to find out, oh my gosh, I'm drowning and I feel like I'm by myself all the time. So set yourself up for success by having that conversation with your mentor, figure out what they've done in the past for their other mentees, talk to them if you can, because those will be things that set your mentorship, your mentorship relationship up for success rather than failure. And in talking about that, you mentioned earlier on that because you had started a few months after the rest of your colleagues um, with that little bit of a couple gap months, which honestly, great idea. (laughs) I think so many people forget that they can do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to forget everything. No. You're not going to forget everything if you take that time. Exactly. But you had some friends that they did not have good mentorship experiences. So what were some of those experiences and how did you apply what you learned from it to your current job? Yeah. So I guess, yeah, the main, I mean, the big ones that I heard, like the extreme other end was that they were just basically like left on their own, you know, like new grad solo charge kind of situation and they had to kind of figure out as they went along and it sounds like a nightmare scenario basically and it's just like you make so many more mistakes in those situations like you just age so much quicker because you're just so stressed all the time <laughs> like it's just not a it doesn't foster a healthy work-life balance because you go home and you're stressed and so I knew like I like I knew from my friend's stories that you know you need somebody there at least so for example I saw a job and it was advertised that like, you know, you may be by yourself every now and then, but you know, you always have somebody by the phone to call if you have any questions. And I was like, Oh, red flag. I just, I don't want to be by myself at the very, very start of my career. So definitely like that was one experience, but the other things were like less or more subtle where they just didn't have like a supportive mentor. Like they had the person there, but they just were either always too busy to answer their questions or, you know, they didn't answer texts straight away or they just were, you know, sometimes mentors can be condescending, unfortunately, and things like that, where they expect you to know things and, you know, it's okay to ask questions. Like you should be made, made, be made to feel bad for asking questions. God knows I asked so many. So it's just more subtle things like that. And yeah, that's why, like, when I got that vibe off my current or my previous slash current mentor, uh, same person, obviously, I um could tell that you know I wouldn't be annoying her by asking too many questions or that she wouldn't be like always too busy or anything like that. Yeah. And are your colleagues that had the poor mentorship experiences are they still in their first jobs or have they moved on to other um, practices? They have moved okay. definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I think. And that's, you know, like, I think people put too much pressure on themselves to stay in a job, like as a side note, but you don't have to stay in your job if you hate it, like leave. There's no shame in leaving after a couple of months because you hate it. Like you're not weaker for not sticking it out. Just get out of the place that's causing you stress. Yeah, right. Like your your mental health is not worth that kind of stress. Like get out of there if you can. So I mean, that's, that's a huge thing to remind people, especially since Right about now, when this episode goes out, there will be new grads that recently, at least in North America, have uh, completed their NAVLI. They've gotten the results on that. They're kind of like, okay, I really can look forward to graduation and starting my first job. And what does all that look like? Like, there's a lot of pressure to graduate and kind of land in a good job, or at least there's the you feel like there's a lot of pressure to do really well and kind of start out on a good note and have a great career. But it's good to remind ourselves that just because you start in a practice that looks like it was supposed to be all sunshine and unicorns 
and turns out to not be what you expected, like it's okay, you can leave. Absolutely. There are plenty of practices. I mean, right now, thankfully, like compared to like 10 years ago, um, it's a very different market. But right now, like if you're not happy in your current job, you don't feel like you're getting the support or the mentorship that you need, you can skedaddle. That's you fine. You'll find another job <laughs> there's, like there's that. There's plenty of opportunities. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So find another job that's so much more supportive and provides you with so much more room to grow because like that's the beauty of our job. Like we don't have to be stagnant in anything we do. Like you could start out and practice and say, I'm going to do GP. And then two years later, be like, oh my gosh, I love Durham. I'm doing an internship. I'm going to go that route. Like you can do that. And I think it's, it's so cool. Even if you do say, say GP, you're always learning. Like there's always different things, isn't there? So it's just, yeah, it's a fantastic job to keep learning in. Absolutely. And so as we're kind of wrapping up here then, just kind of, I guess I would ask, so parting words of wisdom for those new grads from Melody the Vet. What would you say uh, to, like, if you had a group of new graduates in front of you that were looking to start out on their first jobs and looking for good mentorship, what's one piece of advice that you would impart on them? I would say to feel the vibe, get the vibe between, because you, you trust your feelings, basically, trust your instincts, but then don't put too much pressure to, like I said before, stay in your first job don't put too much pressure on yourself, chat with your friends. Um, because even if you don't have an amazing mentor, you can compare your experiences to your friends and kind of realize, you know, perhaps there's a better job out there somewhere, or, you know, even to compare your experiences to them, like, oh, I'm so slow at surgery. I'm taking an hour and a half to do a spay. And then your friend's like, oh, I am also doing that. Like, don't worry. It's fine. Definitely. Like it's about mentorship a hundred percent. And it's also just about kind of keeping your circle of friends there because that's how you get through it. And, you know, your colleagues and everything like that um, wasn't the most succinct words of wisdom, but basically don't isolate yourself because that'll make mentorship so much harder and it'll make getting through this career so much harder because you won't have anybody to go through it with. And there is a camaraderie and like shared craziness, you know, so it's good to, it's good to chat to everybody about your experience and their experience and realize that you're not alone in it all. Absolutely. And that's something I can echo 100%. Like I have my core group of friends that we will meet like via virtual every now and then and just honestly shoot the crap about different cases that we've seen, clients that we've dealt with, struggles that we've been through. And like you said, the camaraderie of just having people that say, you know what, I'm struggling too, or I went through that too. You don't feel so alone. And you realize that like you are a good vet, you're doing a great job, you have lots of potential in front of you. And so like you said, like, don't lose contact with those friends, whether it's people that you graduated with or people that you met on Instagram, like us here. There are so many people out there that want to help support you and encourage you and challenge you in this profession. So reach out, find those friends, um, stick with them. And Melody, thank you so much for coming and talking about your experience of going through the graduate and the new grad experience and finding mentorship. There are so many little nuggets that new grads can pull on and use when they're looking for those first few jobs. So thank you once again. Thank you so much. It was good to chat to you. Absolutely. And you guys can always follow Melody on Instagram at Melody the Vet. She has tons of information. Um, it's a lot of fun to follow her story there. And also, if you guys want to hear more about that vet life or any of the other episodes, you can find us on any major podcasting platform, as well as the VetX International platform. 
So with that, I will say till next time, y'all. See ya. And that's a wrap on today's episode of That Vet Life Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, before you go, I have a quick request. Now, podcasts and communities, they grow the best and they grow the biggest when the members spread the word. So if you know someone who you think needs to hear this episode, or if you found value in this episode and want to share it, go ahead and share this with your friends. And also, don't forget to head over to vedexinternational.com and enroll in the VEDEX community for free to get some free swag and many, many other amazing benefits. Also, leaving a review of the show on iTunes would be greatly appreciated because, again, it just helps get the word out. But until next time, y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode of That Vet Life.